And a happy Father's Day Sunday to all. It's uh, four minutes after uh, after the hour here. You have uh, up until near uh, the top of next hour to give us a call. And, uh, yeah, you have questions about your job, your employment, your severance, your boss, workplace rights. It all gets handled here every Sunday at 4 over the next hour, so give us a call. We'd love to hear you from uh, from you. The option for star 9898 is also out there on your cell phone. Email anytime, help at employmenthour.com. Leah is uh, doing the show today. Leora away for a couple weeks. Leah will be uh, will be doing the show as she normally does, flip-flopping back and forth with Leora. Uh, I want to mention the severance pay calculator, which we will get into in more detail as the uh, as the afternoon goes on. And we'll get into the topics as well of uh, harassment in the workplace and negotiating severance on your own. Not an easy minefield to traverse, but we'll <laughs> get to that with uh, with Leah. Leah, always start with the week that was. Uh, girl, what's going on? Well, happy Father's Day, John. Thanks, man. You're welcome. And happy Father's Day. You know, specifically, I got to send out a special shout out to my own husband, of course. course. And you know what? We'll give one to Leor anyway, even though he had the the gall to be on vacation. Ah. Who who permitted that? I have to. I, I want to know. I, it didn't go. It didn't go by my office, so I don't know. Yeah, same we'll, here. We'll have a talking to afterwards. <laughs> well, <laughs> as you as you mentioned, I'm I'm an employment lawyer here in Vancouver, and and I work mostly for and on behalf of employees, and I help these employees with all manner of employment issues that arise in the workplace. So we've got terminations, new contracts, severance entitlements, obviously harassment, leaves of absence, uh, relocations. And this show, the Employment Hour, is dedicated to exactly that, helping people with their employment issues and providing what I think is some much-needed information to employees generally so that you know exactly what your rights are, what your employer's obligations are, and when you may need an employment lawyer. So if you have any questions or concerns, want to know what you're entitled to, what your rights are, give us a call over the next hour and uh, we'll be happy to help you through it. So we start every show with this brief segment called The Week That Was. And given that it's been a while since I've been on the show, I thought it would be helpful to talk about something that comes up for me every week, every day, really. And that is severance entitlements. It's the week that always is, if you will. Um, You know, most people who contact me looking for a review of their severance package are entitled to more than what they're being offered. And by most, I mean 95% or higher. And I'm always surprised at how often I have to actively convince people of that. I mean, I also understand it. There just isn't that much information out there when it comes to an employee's legal entitlements, or it's quite conflicting, which is, again, a major reason why we're doing this show. But it's still surprising to see how often people trust that their employers are doing everything that they're legally obligated to. Many people, when they're let go from their jobs, are handed a termination letter and told that they'll be getting their full entitlements under the BC Employment Standards Act. And in some cases, these individuals are then offered an extra two or three weeks, maybe even a full month in exchange for their signature on a full and final release. These kinds of termination letters are extremely common. I'm not kidding when I say that I see one every day. Employers frame their position as being extremely generous. We don't have to do this. This is not what the legislation says. You know, we're going to put the extra month on the table. They refer to the fact that you are getting your full entitlements, uh, you know, and then throw the extra couple weeks on top of it in a gesture that they call goodwill. So people see those letters and they think, well, It says I'm getting my full entitlements. Google says I'm getting my full entitlements. And they're even giving me more on top of that. So why would I bother calling a lawyer? And it's because um, you are often entitled to more. And as cynical as this may sound, a company is almost never going to just give you money 
out of their own pockets, out of the kindness of their hearts. So yep. I had to discuss the matter of entitlements on termination a lot this week, as I do every week, and I thought I'd discuss it briefly on the radio as well. This is usually what I tell people to convince them, to help to convince them that they are actually, in fact, entitled to more, that they can pick their jaws up off the floor. These, this is what they've earned. So the Employment Standards Act in BC, it does set out an employee's entitlements in the event of a termination. It does. If you've been there for three months or more than three months, you get one week. If you've been there for more than 12 months or a year, you get two weeks. And if you've been there for more than three years, you get three weeks plus an additional week for every year of service to a maximum of eight weeks. It's roughly a week per year of service to that maximum of eight weeks. And although it says the maximum is eight weeks, and that's usually where people get tripped up, these entitlements are actually only the base minimums. They're your floor. They are never your ceiling unless you have a contract that says that they're your ceiling because that's the only way that you legally max out at your Employment Standards Act entitlements is if you've signed an enforceable contract that specifically and explicitly makes them your ceiling. Without this, without a contract, you are entitled to severance under the common law. And that is where that is where I come in. The common law is essentially judge-made law. For every case that goes through our court, and is decided by a judge, we get new law, and that's called the common law. And so yep. the common law tells us that employees who are terminated are actually entitled to much, much, much more severance than is provided by employment standards legislation. You know, the very kind of rough metric that we use to determine someone's entitlements is one month for every year of service. So that's one week under the legislation for every year versus one month for every year of service. And this is obviously a big difference, especially when you start talking about long-term employees. If you're looking at a 20-year employee, you get eight weeks under the Employment Standards Act. You could be entitled to 20 months at a minimum under the common law. So this is, again, ultimately the reason why I have a job. There's a lot of confusing information out there from what your employer puts in your termination letter to what the employment standards branch will tell you if you try to call them and ask what your entitlements are. And and again, the internet is absolutely no help whatsoever. So this is why I always recommend that if you're fired, if you're let go, do not sign anything. Give me a call and I will make sure that you're getting everything that you're entitled to. And I know part of the uh, part of the battle with you is, you know, even before you get to the conversation of severance, it's getting people away from that. Man, I can't believe I was fired. I did nothing wrong. How dare they do this? You, know, it, it, you kind of got to say, yeah, it's true. I feel bad for you. It's a crappy thing to do, but let's move on to something that really counts, right? Yeah, I think people um, tend to have this belief that a wrongful dismissal means that uh, that they were terminated for an unfair or improper reason. Um, And ultimately, a wrongful dismissal just means that you're not being paid the severance that you're owed. The reason why you're terminated, and with the large caveat that unless it's discriminatory, the reason why you're terminated has no bearing on what your severance entitlements are or whether or not it's a wrongful dismissal. So yeah, I mean, that's that's usually one of the things that we have to talk about from the outset, which is the reason why you're terminated ultimately has to come secondary to what those entitlements are. Give me some details before we uh, take a break here in that regard to the severance pay calculator in more depth. Well, this is an even easier way that you can find out right. what those entitlements are. This is a this is a website and an app that was created by my firm to, uh, not me, but my firm. I'm terrible with tech, but um, so this is <laughs> to help people quickly and easily figure out what the range of their severance entitlements is. You know, we tell people all the time, call a lawyer, call me, review the package. But 
we also understand that it can be very difficult in the moment because you've, you know, it's very emotional. It's very personal. It can be very yeah. shocking. Uh, and the last thing on your mind is, you know, what you heard peripherally on the radio in your car on a sunny Sunday afternoon. And the employer is also putting pressure on you to sign in two days. But if you remember one thing, remember the severance pay calculator because it means you don't have to call me. You can just get on your phone, go to severancepaycalculator.com. Uh, you put in your age, your length of service, the type of job that you worked at. And you will instantly know the range uh, that you're entitled to at law. Yeah. And it's uh, it's really simple to use. There is no charge. If you wanted to put your visa in there, you couldn't even do it. And it takes about <laughs> 30 seconds. And it's, it's getting over that initial, no, 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 there's got to be a bug in this system. This can't be right. But no, the numbers are correct, right? Yeah. And, and you know, we ultimately still recommend that you're going to seek the advice of a lawyer because yeah. that range can change depending on circumstances mm-hmm. personal to you. So, you know, if you have a non-compete, for example or you have existing medical issues, or you live in a remote town miles away from any industry, this could all increase that range above what the calculator says. And conversely, there are also factors that might lower it. And ultimately, that package also needs to be reviewed to make sure that you're getting everything that you're entitled to over the severance period. So not just your salary, but benefits, pension contributions, bonuses is a huge one, commission pay, um, phone allowance. But the severance pay calculator will at least give you an idea of whether or not your employer is in the ballpark. And that can help to embolden you to say, look, employer, I need more time. I'm going to have this reviewed uh, by a lawyer. Because again, it is your right to take that time. And we talk about the deadlines all the time. It's your right to have it reviewed. So severancepaycalculator.com, quick look at what you might be entitled to. There's uh, lots more on the way. Let's take a, a short break here. We'll get into negotiating severance on your own in that regard. Your phone calls as well. Simple. Have questions. Bring them on. you got lots of time, and the phone lines are open. That is 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. You want to email, get a hold of uh, Leah anytime, help at employmenthour.com as well. It's the Employment Hour right here on CKNW. And back for another edition of, you're just joining us, you have plenty of time to call in and ask your questions about your job, your severance, your workplace rights. Uh, phone lines are open, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Before we get to our topic uh, for the remainder of negotiating severance on your own, Leah, I know you want to do uh, one more week that was a story, one more case. Uh, what's going on? Yeah, I mean, it's it's more so a one case that made me, again, think of more misconception. Um, and that has to do with what kind of workers are entitled to severance. I spoke with a, with a gentleman uh, just this past week who was a salesperson for a company and was specifically called and hired as an independent contractor. Mm-hmm. Uh, the company did not withhold taxes from his pay and he set his own hours. He did not in any way hold himself out as an employee of the company. And again, they both referred to him as an independent contractor. In May, his boss told him, Uh, starting tomorrow, we won't need you anymore. And because you're an independent contractor, surprise, you don't get any severance. Um, And at the time, this made sense to the guy. He had always thought of himself as a contractor. And and even when we spoke, uh, everything he was saying certainly indicated that he was not, in fact, an employee. But there's another category of worker between employee and independent contractor. And it's so important to get that across because it's the dependent contractor. And many people who are contractors will fall into this category. This is a worker who has all the indicia of being a contractor. So there's no tax withheld from their pay. They might own all of their own tools and equipment. They retain control over how much they're paid and when they work. And they may even actually work for other companies. But 
if you work so much for one company that you're financially dependent on the work that they give you, then you are a dependent contractor right. and dependent contractors are entitled to severance when they're terminated. Now, the gentleman that I was speaking with worked 100% of his time with this particular okay. company. So there's literally no doubt <laughs> that he was considered yeah. to be a dependent contractor. But you know, depending on how long that you've worked for the company, I would say if your income from the company comprises roughly 75% or more of your total earnings, you would have a very good case that you are a dependent contractor and you're entitled to severance. Because probably as important as knowing how much severance you're entitled to is knowing which workers are entitled to severance. Dependent contractors get severance and employees get severance. And if you are an employee, it doesn't matter whether you work full-time or part-time, whether your employer is big or small, you get severance. So the best strategy, no matter where you think you fall along the spectrum, is to give us a call if you're let go, and we can make sure that you're not leaving any money on the table. That number, by the way, 604-283-3123 to get a hold of Lior or uh, Leah in this case or the rest of the crew and have those questions answered. So the dependent contractor and the employee, they're both uh, owed severance in that case. Is it the same severance or is it a different amount for the dependent contractor? Oh, that's a very good question. Um, okay. So the, the the law is is a little murky on that. Um, yeah. You know, as as a plaintiff side counsel, I definitely argue that it should be the same. Um, yeah. But a severance is given in order to help you find other work, right? That's that's the length. That's what it's all. That's how it's determined. So mm-hmm. it's thought that a dependent contractor usually is incorporated. Usually is a bit more business savvy. Is probably going to be able to get work faster than an employee who's been terminated. So there is an idea that a dependent contractor might actually end up getting slightly less than an employee, Mm -hmm. but all of the factors that you look at are going to be the same. And again, they're all factors that would help us to determine how long on average it's going to take somebody to find comparable employment. So we look at age, the idea being that our courts recognize older employees have a more difficult time finding alternate employment than younger employees. Um, Employees who are in senior positions have a more difficult, senior, specialized, technical, professional, all of those uh, categories, those employees have a more difficult time uh, finding something that's maybe a bit more generalized or you can move from industry to industry. Um, And, you know, especially in this day and age, if you've been somewhere for 20 years, you're entering into a job market where all of a sudden you're you're like, what's monster.ca? You know, what's, right. what's, what's a computer, you Indeed, know, like it's, yeah, things, yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the job market and how you look for a job is so different these days. And our courts recognize that if you've been there for a really long period of time, you have to sort of reacclimatize to this brand new job market environment. And that can take a really long time. The number is 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on yourself. Any of these things ring true, familiar, you want to give us a call or just any other question about your employment, would love to uh, to answer those. Leah's here to do that to a close till, uh, to 5 o'clock this afternoon. Negotiating severance on your own. Okay, so we've determined that uh, an employee's like when the employer offers severance. We know that part. Um, and it's it, the wrong the, no, the number's usually wrong on the severance offer. But is this the final offer when they receive it? Almost never, and uh-huh. I and I mean that quite seriously. The it's it's like with any other contract or negotiation. It's it's the first shot across the bow. Most severance offers are framed from a perspective of the company trying to see what it can get away with. 
Uh, and this is particularly true when there are a number of terminations. Very, very few companies are going to say, okay, we're terminating, you know, six people and we're going to give them all their full entitlements. No, I mean, they presume that only a few people, if any, are going to contact a lawyer or know what their entitlements are. And they actively trade on the fact that most people don't know what they're entitled to. And so they give everyone kind of a mediocre, middle-of-the-road offer. If half decide to accept it and move on, great. And for the other half that speak up, the company will put some more money on the table because at the end of the day, giving the people who pursue more severance their full entitlements is ultimately going to be cheaper than simply paying everyone their full entitlements to begin with. So this long roundabout way of saying that no, uh-huh. it's very often just the first offer. It's, uh, you know, there's always some money held back in the coffers. I know that when I have employer clients come to me and they ask me for my recommendations about uh, how to frame a termination package or a severance offer, I recommend one amount to start and then a certain amount to keep back uh, in your pocket in the event that there's further negotiations. Uh, negotiations and counteroffers are ultimately a part of doing business. And so a lot of companies will uh, not only engage, but they'll expect them. Again, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. We'll get to a uh, call now. Al, good afternoon. How are you? Hey there, Al. Thanks for Hey, you, you hear me okay? I got yeah, you now. Can you hear me? What's going on? Yeah. All right. Um, so I'm an executive. I've been with the uh, uh, agency for eight years. Um, I'm uh, 68 going on 69. Um, I couldn't even, it's very unlikely I'll even get an interview for a job at my age. And the other thing, which is a bit of a muck, well, two things. One is um, the company is kind of in flux right now. They're considering a merger. They're considering moving the offices away. Um, But at the same time, I'm in a bit of a bind because I'm noticing some issues with my own performance. Um, Like I may have a, like a disability or something that may be kind of in the background. So I'm not really sure what to do or how to act or what, but Mm -hmm. I'm in tough shape. Yeah, it's, it sounds like it. Al, are you still employed by the company? Yes, I am. And and you've um, identified that there may be some um, physical issues, uh, some sort of uh, disabling issues that may be impacting your performance? Uh, yes, possibly. Okay. Um, is that something that you think you would feel comfortable speaking with your employer about? Uh. I have a pretty good relationship um, with, uh, you know, with them um, and with the top uh, people, uh, but I don't know um, whether they're going to be able to pay much in the way of severance or whether I should, whether I am entitled to a severance. Right. So, so I mean, we're not quite at the stage of severance yet because there's there's been no termination, and in fact, one of right. the reasons why. 
I um, have suggested or brought up the fact that you may want to speak to your employer about this disability or your concerns is kind of twofold. One is because an employer has a positive obligation to accommodate your disability. They have to do everything in their power to the point of undue hardship to make sure that you're accommodated in the workplace so that you can meet your targets. You know, I'm not sure how your performance is, you feel is being impacted, but you know, the company has to do what they can, even if that means adjusting your hours or moving you to a different part of the workforce or allowing you to work from home from time to time, as long as it doesn't impact the company um, to the, you know, to the point of undue hardship, which can include cost or safety, they've got a legal obligation to accommodate you. So that's one. Secondary is because if you feel this is impacting your performance, what they may start to do is build a case against you to terminate you for cause. And that that is your worst case scenario, Al, because if they start to build a case against you for cause, if they're writing all of these warnings that say, you know, um, Al, your performance is really suffering and we need you to turn this around and you don't offer them anything by way of reason to explain that dip in your performance, they can then turn around and terminate you without any severance. And what we want to do is we want to make sure that as a 68-year-old executive who has spent eight years of his life with this company that you're going to get the severance that you're entitled to because it's because someone with your circumstances you're looking at 10 to 12 months easily of severance and that's 10 to 12 months i did not misspeak that's a full year so you definitely want to make sure that you you take steps to protect that and to to answer the other the other issue that you brought up about the company being in flux um you know it doesn't it doesn't matter as long as they don't go bankrupt if they sell if they merge if they move cities you're you're absolutely fine and still entitled to severance right so that would be kind of a constructive dismissal if they move or something or uh if burn. they move and require you to move then yes that could be a constructive dismissal and that would entitle you to severance and if i'm if they merge and i'm no longer going to be the, the ceo Yep, that would be a demotion, and that could also be a constructive dismissal. So if any of those things happen, I would definitely recommend that you give me a call. But in the meantime, really, really think hard about contacting your employer about the concerns about your disability and performance. A lot to unpack there, Al, but we're going to leave you to it. Thank you for the call. Uh, Moving forward, you need to get a hold of Leah. Very simple, 604-283-3123. That is the way, or help at employmenthour.com. I see you there, John. We'll get to your call and your calls as well. 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on sale. More coming up. This is the Employment Hour on CKNW. And we will continue with our discussion here about negotiating severance on your own. Not really advisable any time, but we'll give you details why. In between that, the phone calls, of course, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. Got John. John, thanks for hanging in, fella. How are you? Good. Can you hear me? Yes, absolutely. Okay, uh, I've got a question, uh, and it regards if you already have um, a contracted severance package. Um, and in that, I'm, I was working, or still am working, with a firm that, um, uh, as part, uh, re- had us sign a contracted severance package about eight or nine years ago um, in return to participate in certain equity programs. Um, at the time, uh, employees didn't think a big deal of signing it because we didn't think we'd be around as long as we are. And um, that, uh, those agreements capped our severance. Okay. Um, do you know what they cap it at? 
Yeah, it was capped at um, three weeks per year, maximum 39 weeks. Okay. Um, And it sounds like you received something in exchange for entering into those contracts? Yeah, we did. We uh, received uh, certain equity rights, participation rights, and um, equity programs, stock options, RSU, things like that. Okay, and I noticed that you said as well that this was um, this was eight or nine years ago. Um, so, has your job changed significantly between now and then? Uh, yeah, the job has changed. It's um, there were promotions in between. Okay, well, I'm, a, I'm at an executive level now. Okay, well, that actually, John, can be your way out um, because the in and of itself, when when two parties, even when there's a power imbalance as there is between an employer and employee, but when two parties enter into a contract uh, that rebuts the common law presumption of reasonable notice and and suggests a different formula, that's often going to be found enforceable. And in this case, three weeks per year is actually not that bad. Um, I mean, it's it's not great that it's capped at thirty nine weeks, but you know, if you're there less than six or seven years, it's 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 pretty decent. Um, you know, but obviously, if this was eight or nine years ago, you've been there for longer than that. And the only other way out that I could find for you is with the change in your job status. So there's something, uh, there's a legal principle, legal argument that you make that's called the substratum argument. So when you enter into that contract eight or nine years ago, there's a substratum of facts that underlie that contract. And one of those facts is the kind of job that you're working for, right? So if you enter into the agreement as a sales associate, um, and then you know years later you're promoted to an executive level position. The contract that you had as a sales associate isn't going to apply to your position as an executive. And as long as you didn't sign any kind of new offer or you know any of the promotion letters say something like all you know, terms and conditions of your previous employment continue to apply, then uh, the substratum argument can work very well to your benefit to make sure that that employment agreement doesn't apply to an eventual termination. Okay. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so I, I think mean, that there's a way out for you if, if you want it, and if, if that comes to pass. Yeah, so it, it sounds like what you're saying, and I'm making a call on uh, we're a company that has been acquired and there's some concerns about terminations and that, and it's on a, uh, for a broader number of people that I'm, uh, doing this inquiry. So it sounds like, uh, had, as your job description duties not really changed over that time, it would be difficult to, um, uh, uh, back out of that, uh, contract that was signed eight or nine years ago. But if you're somebody who has moved up the ladder or your job description has changed materially, there's an opportunity. Um, I would say that I would say that there's a very good opportunity. Yeah. Um, but you know, obviously I also haven't seen this contract. So there are a lot of ways in which a contract can also be deemed enforceable in the way that it's written. So it may be that if any of those people whose job hasn't changed sends me a copy of their contract and I review it, there's another way that we can get out of it. But just sort of generally speaking, um, you're, you're right. If, if somebody's job has stayed pretty much the same since the last time they terminated the, or the last time they executed that contract, um, then they will likely be held to the wording of the employment agreement. Then it's just a matter of whether or not we can play with that wording. Okay, cool. Awesome. Thank you. Appreciate Thanks, that, John. Uh, John. And moving forward, you need to get a hold of Leah and the team, 604-283-3123, or help at employmenthour.com. Next up is uh, Pat. Hey, Pat, how are you? I'm fine, sir. How are you today? Good. What's uh, What's your concern? 
Well, I worked for a company selling as a sales and service person, eh? and uh, I, I only stayed there eight months. I quit over the fact that the man was selling reconditioned tools as brand new and not telling the customers. Hmm. Okay, so they, were they, was he asking you to make those same sales? I'm, I'm sorry, what was that? Was he asking you to sell uh, under those yeah. same misrepresentations? Exactly, yes. Okay. Um, yeah, and there's, there's more issues than just that one issue, too. There's, there's other things, too, that's going on here. Uh, I, uh, I had a really rough childhood when I was uh, growing up with sexual abuse and physical abuse and that, and I, I talked to him about it eh, when, I, when I first started. And during the entire time that I worked for him, he would make sexual comments like, can I auger you, can I screw you, can I drill you, can I plunge you? You know, and, and just constantly like that. And I told him a number of times it was really bothering me, and he just wouldn't stop. Eh? When I quit on him, I uh, I walked in his office, and I got my, my pay was there at that time, and I got my pay, and I said to him, I'm quitting. And he asked me why, and I told him. I said, because you're a thief and a crook. And I said, I can't work for you anymore. And he jumped up and come around and tried to uh, restrain me from leaving the, the building. Uh, he actually physically grabbed me and uh, put me up against the wall and just wouldn't let me get by him. Eh? Well, then I pulled my phone out and I dialed the police. Well, then he stepped out of the way. So when the police came down, I met them in the parking lot, and uh, they're starting an investigation into it and uh, see what they can do. And, you know, the thing is, this guy's a multimillionaire. His family is really, really wealthy. Uh, they got businesses over in the country where him and his people came from, and uh, they've got two different stores here, uh, one one in Maple Ridge here and one in Vancouver, and they have a tool distribution warehouse. So it's not like the guy needed to be stealing and cheating people, you know. And I mentioned to him one time about these tools, these reconditioned. I said, why sell reconditioned? I said, let's sell brand-new tools. And he said, no, I'm not going to give that up because he says that's $400,000 in profit for me. Wow. You know, so it was just a matter of greed, eh? Yeah, it sounds like and a lot happened. How long happened ago was this, Pat? Yeah. Yeah, happen? there was a lot going on there. Yeah, yeah. When did another you quit? Issue I had, another issue I had, too, was when I started, they told me thirteen fifty an hour. Uh, he had a manager, uh, and uh, shortly after I hired on, he got rid of the manager. And when I uh, my six months came up for a review, I said I'd like my review to take place now and uh, blah 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 and he said okay he says well we're going to give you another dollar an hour and that'll put you to 1350 and I said no I started at 1350 he says no you didn't so (laughs) you know and it was just one thing after another with this gentleman yeah and I I should say too that when you have a situation where the employer is constantly kind of you know through their actions is just um, you know, misrepresenting things to you, asking you to yeah. outside, you know, your own sense of morality, uh, particularly yeah. when there's uh, comments of a sexual nature, you know, that's ob- yeah. that's clearly harassment. Um, and yeah. the physical altercation that you mentioned when, when you uh, when you went to resign, those could all, in, in fact, entitle you to severance. But how long ago did you quit, Pat? It's only about a, a, oh, a month or a month and a half. Oh, now. okay. Okay, and did you have a contract or an employment agreement? No, I well, I signed an agreement on what my responsibilities were going to be. Okay, all right. You well, know, and one, one other thing I want to mention here. After I'd been there six months, 
he was uh, going through the computer there, and he turned to me and he says, uh, guess what? And I said, what? He said, uh, this period, the six months that you've been here, as uh, compared to last year, he says, we've increased sales by 43%. I found out, like, I've never done much sales work before, and, and uh, I was a construction worker for years and years, and I got injured really bad. So I had to take something. So I took this job as a salesperson, and I was really good at it. Well, do you have a new job now? I'm still looking. I'm having a hard time. I'm 67. I've got these injuries, and uh, I'm really struggling right now. Okay, well... At 12.50 an hour, I wasn't banking any money, so I've got nothing in reserve. Yeah, yeah. Well, Pat, I'd really, I'd really like it if yeah you could contact me off the air and we can unpack this in a lot more detail uh, and discuss whether or not you have the the basis for a constructive dismissal complaint because it, it sounds like you may. A lot going on there. Again, uh, you want to make that call, Pat, please do, in fact, employ you to do so. 604-283-3123. 604-283-3123 to get a hold of Leah and the team and help at employmenthour.com. We'll take a short break. If we've got time, we'll go back into our topic of negotiating severance on your own. And the phone calls is where we're going first. Paul, I see you there. Just stand by. Plenty of time for you to call in as well, 604-280-9898 or star 9898 on your cell. It's the Employment Hour. This is CKNW. Leah Moody from the firm doing the uh, the show this afternoon, of course, and also star 9898 on your cell. You can go to VancouverEmploymentLawyers.ca anytime for the website and always, always check SeverancePayCalculator.com before you consider any offer and uh, find out what that number really should be. Hey, Paul, thanks for uh, thanks for hanging in, fella. How are you? Thank you. I'm fine. Happy Father's Day. You too. What's uh, what's going on? <laughs> um, I... I found out your um, uh, uh, to call this number because you know um, I work for an employment uh, for the last eighteen years, and um, recently things escalated at my workplace, and the person who uh, I work with, you know, blew up and called me uh, to go back to the third world country I'm from, and so. I felt insulted, you know, in the professional capacity and the position that I hold. I had to defend myself in the presence of my my subordinates and my superiors. I said, well, maybe you should get back to where, you, where the tree you came from, you know. And things escalated, and then eventually the general manager of the establishment that I work for uh, uh, planned to have a meeting. Since we do not have a human resources uh, officer, uh, well, the company, they hired somebody whom they said is a human resources consultant. Um, and um, when they did not find anything favorable, they kind of like trying to make me admit that what I said uh, was racial. So I said, no, it was not something that I provoked or perpetrated. The person who's been the abuser got away scot-free, he's still working there, but I have been suspended indefinitely right. after working 18 years. So wow. I was thinking whether I should need legal representation because I work in a union environment and I'm in a union employee in the capacity. The, def- the, the managers who was present at the time during the meeting did not say anything. You know, I felt violated, I felt discriminated, and I came from a part of the world where we did feel segregation and discrimination. I don't want him to live that again in Canada. That was the reason yeah. why I chose to come to Canada. 
So I don't know what uh, my recourse. Yeah. So, I mean, up until you said the word union, I thought, uh, you know, this guy probably has a case here. When you're suspended indefinitely, uh, are, is that with pay or without pay? That That is another thing that they never discussed that with me. Well, are, are you being paid right now? Um, I have a meeting with the, the manager, uh, general manager tomorrow. So they want me to acknowledge the shop chairperson of the hotel who was on my side at the time of the meeting with this consultant and the human resources consultant said, as long as you acknowledge your outburst was not appropriate, we'll try to get you back to work. So, I mean, what I was going to say is that if, if you're suspended indefinitely without pay, that's a constructive dismissal and it entitles you to severance. But under the terms of your collective, collective bargaining agreement as an, a unionized employee, um, a, a indefinite suspension may very well be within the employer's rights. Um, unfortunately, there's nothing that, that I can do um, as an employment side lawyer to, to assist you in the union context. The union has full jurisdiction uh, over your employment. And, and if you have any uh, concerns, which of course, you know, it sounds like you do and you should, if you have any concerns with your workplace and your employer, uh, that should be something that's brought to your union in the form of a grievance. Paul, appreciate uh, your call. Yeah, moving forward, it sounded like it had some meat on the bones, but I guess we should just kind of reiterate, like we do every so often on the show, is that when it comes to the union workplace and you're, you're, you're bound by the CBA, the collective bargaining agreement, and no outside lawyer, you, Lee, or anybody else, can barge in and help, right? I wish we could. <laughs> I really, uh, really do, uh, because there's a lot of people who feel like they're not being... Uh, fairly represented. And, you know, unions do great work, um, but, you know, there are a lot of people that I speak to uh, probably on a weekly basis that tell me that, you know, something's going on. They don't feel like they're being uh, represented. Uh, they don't like the response that they're getting or they're not getting any response. And, you know, I just kind of have to tell them there's not anything that I can do for you. And, and you know, yeah. it, it sucks. <laughs> but that's the way it is, yeah. unfortunately. If you're unionized, yeah. uh, I can't help you. Only your union can. Yeah. Negotiating severance on your own. That's what we've been talking about uh, through the phone oh, calls yeah. here uh, this afternoon. Yeah, I forgot about that. We'll get back <laughs> right. into it. A couple more questions in that regard. Um, how does a lawyer go about negotiating severance, a lawyer like yourself? Yeah. So what I do is I send a letter. It's actually enormously straightforward. I just send mm. a letter. We don't go to court. I uh, send the company correspondence that says that these are all the reasons why the severance offer is insufficient. Here's the law that supports that. And here's the first offer that my client will accept in satisfaction of his or her claim. I then usually right. give the company a week to respond, and then we negotiate from there. I'll start high in order to give us some room to negotiate down, and 85% of my files settle in that way. I, I practice that way because I don't think it makes a lot of sense to immediately declare war and throw down the gauntlet and sue. Um, you know, because of what we were speaking about earlier in the show about companies expecting that first offer, most companies are open to discussion and negotiation and would rather you reach out to try to negotiate than simply just sue. I also think that obviously as personal as a termination may feel to you as an employee, it is usually just a business decision for most employers. And every employer's business is going to be motivated by the exact same thing, and that is the bottom line, the cost. So companies don't want to spend a bunch of money on a defense lawyer when they know at the end of the day they owe you more money. So not immediately suing gives the company the chance to keep their own legal fees down, possibly not spend any of them, and remedy a situation that they probably already know needs to be remedied. Can an individual do this on their own, or should I say should they do this on their own? 
Oh, that's a very good distinction. Yes, they can. Perhaps, no, they should not. (laughs) Yes. Um, (laughs) You know, a lot of individuals are are actively discouraged by other lawyers from from doing so. Uh, And and I will often actively discourage people because there's good reason, um, you know, that, that a lawyer steps in in this kind of context. But, of course, individuals are perfectly able to negotiate on their own, and there may be very good reason to do so. Um, you know, a lot of employees feel like they need to make at least one attempt to uh, to broach the company on their own to keep the conversation as amicable and as friendly as possible. Sure. Um, but my concern is always that the employee is going to paint themselves into a corner, that they're going to show their hand too early, that they're yeah. that they're not at the end of the day, going to know what they should be asking for or what they should be settling for. Uh, negotiations can be a minefield and, you know, lawyers and myself were specifically trained to navigate those for you. Um, so yes, you can probably no, you shouldn't. Yeah. Cause you got to figure someone, even with the, the baseline knowledge and the forethought to check out the severance pay calculator. Oh, wow. I'm, they, they are jipping me off by nine months here. I should be getting nine months for my full Entitlements. They may go try to battle that on their own. The company says, yeah, I don't think so. Yeah, but well, if you do it, you get involved. That's not going to happen. Exactly. I mean, I, I say this kind of flippantly very frequently, but you'd be surprised at what the power, the power that a legal letterhead has, right? right? So when you get a letter from a lawyer, that's intimidating to a lot of people. That's intimidating to a lot of companies. And it also, importantly, shows the company that you're serious about pursuing your entitlements. Because when somebody's negotiating on their own, a lot of companies will say to themselves, they're never going to hire a lawyer, so let's just tell them no, or let's just throw Mm -hmm. one extra week on the table, uh, and then that's that's that. Uh, So, yeah. I don't think it's a very good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you if you involve a lawyer though, and this is going to be the question you get from a lot of people when they take that first step, is do they risk burning a bridge, so to speak, with a former employer? Yeah, that's an extremely common question, um, yeah. and and I understand it, and that's ultimately why a lot of people do try to negotiate on their own is because of that concern. Um, you know, for most people. Dealing with an employment lawyer is the first time that they've ever dealt with a lawyer in their lives. Right. And I understand yeah. why that feels like a big deal. It can feel aggressive and like it's escalating the situation far beyond what's necessary. Um, but that's simply not ultimately reflective of the truth, not at all. As I said before, the first offer of severance is the first offer. Negotiation is expected, and this is part of doing business. So with with or without a lawyer, trying to negotiate your package will not come as a surprise. And nothing could make this more clear than the fact that most companies have lawyers on retainer for this very purpose, to engage in negotiations on their behalf. And remember, too, that when you engage a lawyer, a company may also engage a lawyer. And then the negotiations are going to be had solely through the lawyers. It's not with the company. So there's there's very little opportunity for things to get nasty or to result in, yeah. in a burnt bridge. It's been another uh, fantastic show, Leah, and we'll take it from there. You need to get a hold of Leah and the rest of the team now that we're uh, we're done for the day. That is simple. 604-283-3123 is the number. Email us, help at employmenthour.com. And always, 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 as we say, check severancepaycalculator.com if you want to find out what you're really owed when it comes to your severance. It is three simple pieces of information. It takes about 30 seconds to do. There is a contact button on the bottom, and it is absolutely free of charge. You can't pay for it if you wanted to. And literally, I mean this, over half a million people have used Severance Pay Calculator and been surprised, shot, and uh, happy they did. So check that out. 
when you have some time. Till next time, this has been the Employment Hour. It's right here on CKNW.